Carly and I'm with Dr. Leah Taylor and we're your hosts for Groove Therapy, a new podcast that explores the effects of live music in our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for our listeners to learn about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. And this is our third episode, so if you haven't heard our first two, you can go back and check them out because they're really interesting and exciting podcasts to spend some time with. And I'm here with Leah. Hey, Leah. Hi, Tara Lee. So do you want to talk about who our guest is for our newest episode? I would love to talk about that. So our guest for this... I know, he's pretty great. <laughs> he is, yes. One of my favorite people and musicians and songwriters. And his name is Zach Gill. So he is a member of ALO and also Jack Johnson Band. And he also has his own side projects, which are really fantastic. So if you haven't heard any of those, definitely go search out Zach Gill's own stuff. And so Zach was our, our second interview for our podcast. So if you haven't heard the Joel Cummins episode, definitely go check that out. And the reason that I chose Zach as one of the first people for us to interview is just because, well, as I mentioned, he's one of my favorite musicians and songwriters. I am a huge fan of ALO. So it's probably the band that I have seen more than any other band, even including Fish, which is my close second. He is so insightful, and I, I don't get enough time to talk to Zach about different things. So I really wanted to take the opportunity when I could to say, hey, Zach, let's have a conversation about live music and what it means to you. And this was my opportunity. So I took advantage of it, and he said yes, and it was very exciting. And I have to say, since our interview, which we did a little while ago, I've re-listened to it many times because I've been spending a lot of time with the editing process and just listening back. And and it's so amazing that I've had so many insights just from that one interview. And that was really one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast because I know how that happens. I got to experience that when I was doing my dissertation research with other people just having insights and then for myself to get to know and learn about this experience on a deeper level because it's so primarily nonverbal and it really hits the parts of our brain that do, that language doesn't get to. And so when we're able to put language to the experience, we actually kind of get to make connections that aren't otherwise made. And it was really, it was really kind of crazy for me because I've been spending a lot of time and energy and effort thinking about this experience, but just that one conversation like really put into perspective some new ways of thinking about it and made me actually even appreciate what I love most about live music in a different way. So Zach talks about what he loves most about live music and he speaks about the switch that happens and I'm not going to go into detail about that because I want you guys to hear it from Zach but it reminded me of how important live music is in my own life. And, you know, right now we're not really able to experience live music in the way that we have been used to. And so I realized how much I need it in my life because I'm such a thinker and I'm such a doer and I spend so much time in my head. And so I need these things that like really bring me back into my body and in the present moment. And for me, that's what live music is all about. It's about having the experience of just like being taken, you know, by the music and brought into my body in a way that is just so needed for me to get out of my head. And I love that about live music. And I miss that about live music. And that's also one of the reasons that I created Embodied Groove to help other people be able to really get into their body during the experience of live music. And so I'm excited to get back into doing that online because I know that I need it for myself and I know that other people out there need it too. Yeah, that's so interesting to me because I'm somebody that doesn't live very much in their head. I'm just kind of always in my body. And when I have to do like human kind of things, like when I was writing my book, it was taking all the thoughts in my head and trying to find a way to put it on paper. And I was having a really hard time with it because I was getting stuck in my head. And so one of my friends was like, are you listening to music? And I was like, oh yeah. So I put on some live shows and started dancing around and it brought me back. Like, I know you have, 
you know why this happens, but it must have like triggered the thing in my brain that immediately got me out of my head and into my body. And I sat down and I would just channel for hours and write chapters of the book. And so what you're saying is totally true. And I miss it from the live music experience, but there's still ways where I have been able to at home to like, I mean, obviously it's not like I'm a hundred percent out of my head and into my body in those moments because I'm not at an actual show, but I can get like 80%. Yeah, that's awesome. And you get to share a tip with listeners at the end for the Daily Jam about how they can, a couple of ways actually that they can get out of their heads and into their life. Yes. And I love your section too of the Did You Know, where you explain exactly what's going on and how the way that you're feeling is proved by science and research, which I always think is the coolest thing ever because I always just I feel these things and I try to tell people why it's so music is so important in my life and you have the actual science and research to back it and that just feels so validating and wonderful and so I'm really excited for the listeners to get to to hear at the end like how it's actually true of what's going on and live music is really important to your health and wellness and well-being and everything. Yeah. And in this, did you know, I kind of give a description of a concept that can be pretty heady, but I feel like with this description, it's a great way to to make it make sense to people. So definitely stay tuned for that. And I also wanted to mention, I was just thinking about this as we were talking about how we've been starting these podcasts and maybe we can give listeners a little glimpse into our process. And this was something that Again, I just know that I need it so much. And so we always do a little dance before we come on. And you guys may notice me. (laughs) I'm like, gosh, I feel a little winded now because I was just dancing my little heart out in my office uh, to some live music, recorded live music, obviously. Um, But uh, it feels so good. And it helps me get into a place where I can deliver this podcast that's like in a more grounded way and not so in my head. Yeah. And well, so we also make our guests dance with us before we interview them as Mm -hmm. well. And our first, our pilot episode that we recorded, we re-recorded it a bunch of times. And the one that finally took was because we danced beforehand. We were so awkward and like we were in our heads Mm -hmm. totally. And so then once we danced, it just kind of flowed and came out. And yeah, so... We'll have to do maybe an online dance party in our um, Facebook community group if you're all not a part of it yet. It's Group Therapy Podcast Community Group on Facebook, and maybe we'll have some dance parties in there so we can get out of our heads with all of you, too. Yeah, for sure. And it was great to dance with Zach, too. I I had the opportunity to do that once when I was leading Embodied Groove um, at Camp Deepin, and then we get to do it again as we were recording this episode. So, yeah, anything else we should say before we get to that interview? I think we should get to it. Yeah. And we're so excited to be a part of the Osiris Podcast Network. So we're grateful for all the people at Osiris. They're so supportive and wonderful. And and I've also been, since launching this, been getting messages from a lot of the other hosts. There's, such, there's so many amazing shows on this channel. And um, they all are saying welcome to the Osiris family. And it's such a wonderful family. And I'm grateful to get to be a part of it. And so everyone should check out all the podcasts because they're all amazing. Yes, definitely do it. And... I feel like you guys will at least find one, two, three, four, five that you'll really be interested in because it, a lot of them are about music and topics that we're all interested in. All right. Well, we'll be right back with Zach Gill. So happy to have you here, Zach. How's it going? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And of course, we also have Tara Lee here with us today. That's Hi, me. Hi. Hi. I know I love the technology of this, that you're both in California and I'm in Vermont, but yet we can connect in this way. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, we're all getting pretty used to this uh, around this time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Lots of Zoom calls. So many Zoom calls. Although I haven't, well, yeah, yes and no for me. I've done a few. Yeah. My well, daughter that- has done a lot. <laughs> Yeah. 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 The kids. And your daughter the is kid. how old? Well, my two, there's one who's my Jaden is 20 and Ellie's nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they both did a lot of grooming. Yeah. Yeah. I have a nine-year-old as well. And he's um, been on a few, he had a, a Lego camp online this morning on Zoom. Oh, so that cool. Was interesting. 
Yeah. How that did it work? Uh, yesterday was the first day. It was a little awkward, but today he got into it. It was a couple hours of building Legos with other people. Yeah, I want to go to Lego camp. I'm really jealous. <laughs> yeah, sounds cool. I can send you the link. You can sign up. <laughs> Anywhere in the world. <laughs> Although it is supposed to only be for tw five to 12 year olds. So mm -hmm. you might have to act like you have a kid that's off camera somewhere. Yeah, yeah I'll be like, I don't know where my kid is. <laughs> <laughs> So Zach, we've um, kind of been opening these up with a general question just to get us started of what do you love most about live music? And this could be from a fan perspective or from a musician perspective, and maybe it's different, maybe it's the same. You know, I, uh, yeah, what I, it's weird. I, it's funny, you, I mean, I've never really thought about what I love most about it. I've just been sort of doing it for so long. Um, I think, there's like a little feeling that I get sometimes. Well, one thing is it's like, it's all pretty, like as a performer, there's a lot of buildup to the show. You know, like all day long, you're like waiting for the show. Like, what are we gonna do? You're pre preparing for the show. Weeks ahead of time, you're talking about the show. It's just all about the show. And then you know, it's like, it's almost time. People are starting to read sound check. It's like the show's about to happen. And then the show happens, you know, and then some, and then for a while you're kind of nervous. And then hopefully, usually at some point, you stop be I stop feeling nervous and I just start having a really good time. And then and that's a really nice feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, yeah, and it feels and then you look at other people having fun and you're like, oh yeah. And it's like almost every time you're just like, oh yeah, all I have to do is just relax and have a good time and and it's fun and that and you know but it's weird there's something that it's like that happens with my mind where i'm like sometimes i i'm taking it i'm taking it seriously because it's like my job you know but then uh at some point when it switches it's just it's a nice feeling and sometimes it switches earlier than other times sometimes i, I fall back into it but for the most part i'm trying to get to that spot again and again are and you nervous every single time yeah, for sure. But it's like not, I would, it's like, I wouldn't even call it nerves anymore, but there's just this like kind of energy about it. And sometimes it's easier to dissipate. Sometimes it's just like, sometimes it's almost like you just are like waiting, you know, you're just like, I just wish I could just go out right now and do the show. You know, like I'm ready right now, but it's like, no, you gotta wait like two more hours or even a half hour. And you're like, okay, you know, so it's all about trying to be like ready right when the show starts, you know, like to, sort of time it right you know i mean, even i mean music's funny like that because like you're trying to I've, I've been working on just trying to play songs and record them just singing and playing them perfectly like as best i can you know and i sort of have an idea so i've like practiced them and you know it's like i can sit and do it and like totally do it and then the minute i go to say like okay i'm going to record this one i just start doing weird stuff like i feel it in my my arms my fingers like this thing that i played you know 30 times never even questioned it suddenly my i can feel my hand starting to like feel weird and then and then all of a sudden i'm like oh i made this mistake that i've never made and then i have to go and like kind of go over the mistake and so i it's like sometimes i'm like there's this weird mental thing happening and sometimes it's effortless and sometimes it's a lot of work but i sometimes think the better i get at whatever that is and it is like grounding and it's like sort of like releasing excessive energy. Sometimes there's all, you know, all sorts of things going on, but yeah. So for me, it's kind of about that. That's a lot of it, you know, and depending on the amount of responsibility I have in the show um, that can dictate, you know, some shows you just have to, I just get to show up and play. Other times I have to be like, Oh, this is going to be hard. Like I want to make sure I can do that thing in the first set or I need to like write out some some cheat notes or something and but yeah so anyway i think that's what what i like most is right when it switches and mm -hmm. then you just feel like so great and it's all you know it's all, it's a it's a high of sorts you know and i like that and then of course i like that it brings people together and i like you know i mean i can just think of like you know just like a feeling of like feeling at peace or with oneness with humanity like looking out at a bunch of people and just everyone's dancing you're like this is how could anything be better than this you know mm -hmm. um. it's funny that you say that because as I was kind of reflecting on like what would I like to ask Zach or 
um, some things came to my mind and, and one was like, what makes a good show? And then mm. the other was, because I've seen, I've seen you so many times and I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen that happen. You know, sometimes it's like you're at the second set and you're like, okay, I'm finally ready for the show. And it's like a whole set has gone by. I know. Uh, or, or it, you know, there are times that you are like just more uh, fluid and more out there. Like, so I even wrote down uh, what inspires you to walk the catwalk or jump into the crowd <laughs> or, you know, create lyrics on the fly that are just so perfect for the moment. But it feels like that's when that switch kind of switches. Yeah, that's exactly the switch I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't quite understand it. <laughs> and I don't know why I can't just be in that state all the time. <laughs> and I, and I, and I don't know why I can't just be turned on at the beginning. And I, you know, and it's like, we, and it's like, we all, everybody in the band has their, and all, all the bands I play with, there's a version of it. And I, and it's something to do with, you know, it's, it's just all of it. It's like, sometimes it's hard to shed the day. It's hard to shed your worries. Sometimes I think if there's like, a couple things bothering you that's hard sometimes you know you get on the stage and it sounds really weird sound like normal music and so then you're like your brain's got to recalibrate like i can't hear myself or i think i can't hear myself or or the bass frequency is too loud and i'm like i'm, getting, I'm feeling like i'm drowning in it and i'm feeling like i have to shout to be heard over it and then i'm like feeling tired from that or maybe i just didn't get enough sleep the night before and, and so there's that happening and and just like, you know, and all, all the ideas and like, you know, in, in ALO, there's a lot of, um, and in Jack's band too, in a whole other way, there's a lot of shifting like of the set list, like right before you go on stage, you know? So sometimes the this, this thing's written and then like, you know, someone's like, I don't know about that one thing, like we got to change that. And then you're like, uh, okay, like, what are we going to change it to? You know, and like different people, depending on their width at the time, like, you know, how will that be received? And then it's like, you know, I have superstition about it. Like in, in the earlier, in like the pre-Ezra version of ALO, I used to carry around this rock that we got at the Mystic Hot Springs. And I'd be like, all right, everybody touch the rock. And that seemed to help, but, but then sometimes it wouldn't work. <laughs> so you're like, it's not the rock. We started doing this in Lakesh thing where we do this kind of handshake and we all make eye contact. And I can pretty much tell from how that goes like from everybody else's energy, the show definitely that moment right there is a precursor to how the show's gonna go. Not always, but generally speaking, cause you can tell if someone's like, cause the in Lakesh happens like right before we go onto the stage. And if it's not, and if everyone's not like, sometimes people are like still like tying their shoes. And they're like, okay, in Lakesh and they hold their hand up, you know, and it's not like a, an intentional eye contact and everybody sort of knows it, but sometimes that's just what's going on. And then, when that happens, you can tell the energy's not aligned. Then I think sometimes if the energy's not aligned, then it's it's gonna you gotta figure that out on in front of people, which figuring that out in front of people can sometimes be hard. And it's, sometimes it's so easy though. I don't know. I think it's that's like the the thing of being a performer. I was a dancer my whole life and I had this superstition of I wouldn't eat a banana for breakfast, but I would take the sticker of the Chiquita banana and I put it under my oh. costume. And <laughs> if it fell off or something, it would throw me completely off. Um, but there, there is that moment. I'm also in a rap duo with my husband and like when we're performing, sometimes you, you're just a little off or whatever happens. But that moment when you're just like tuned in and like everything switches that's why i'm guessing is that why you keep on wanting to do this yeah. because it's magic right <laughs> yeah it's magical it feels totally wonderful and it feels like meaningful and it's but then yeah and so you're yeah and then it's weird as soon as you like chase it as soon as you're like i'm trying to do this then it oftentimes you fall off it's i mean it's like totally a spiritual practice i think because it's, it seems like it's not the more you attach to it the more it sort of runs away but then sometimes you attach to it and it works great and so then you try to attach to it again and that doesn't work you know so it's it's mercurial is that the, the word it feels like it's you have you know it's but i think it is like it's the you know the essence it's the thing you know and i think it's what audiences like too when they feel it and sometimes you can you can um 
inherently in music, there's lots of moments like that that are like uh, designed. Like, you know that song uh, by the Jay Giles band, Centerfold? Yes. It's, a, it's an okay song, but I learned it when I was a kid. And um, at the, the song ends, you know, like the studio version, it like ends and they all, everyone's singing like, na, 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 na. Then you hear everybody like yelling and cheering. And then somebody goes like, one, two, three, four. And the whole band comes back in and you're like, oh my God. And it's like the first, I remember the first time I heard that just thinking that was like the coolest thing ever. And so we would play that song and we would always do that. And I thought it was so cool. But then at some point you're like, wait, it's a trick. And it's not a bad trick, but it's like the trick is that you kind of think it's over, but then it's not, you know, it's like James Brown would like be like, I'm done. And you'd have to put the cape on him and be like, no, I'm not done. And it was like, but like sometimes though, I've been in actual like improvisational jams where we're, everyone's like, everyone stops and like looks at each other. And then we all just start and it's like the same thing, but like it actually wasn't planned. It actually just happened. And I bet you the first time in the Jay Giles band, the first time they probably just did it by accident. They're like, this is so cool. We're going to do it every night for the rest of our lives, basically, probably with that song. You know, I mean, that's the way, <laughs> the way you do it. But I think that's a weird, you know, so there's always, even when the show's not great, there's stuff built in that's going to be fun and feel of the moment because it's happening in the moment. But, but when that special thing is there, you know, I think that's when people are like, oh, it's like inspired. It's in, the spirit is aligned with it. That's kind of what I think it is. I think that's what the expression means. Yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah. Check out endings too. Yeah. You think I about know. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I try, I try whenever that happens. But basically the way it's set up is that I say fake out and everyone knows that they have to pay attention. But sometimes I kind of like fake out, fake out, fake out, you know, and I try to mess with it. And only once have I actually thrown everybody off. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, everybody gets it. <laughs> so you've experienced this as a performer. Have you also experienced this shift in when all of a sudden everything is just in place and the magic happens as a concert goer as well? I think so. You know, it's hard to know. Um, you know, what was going on in the minds of like the entertainers, you know, but yeah, for sure. I felt it at, at I mean, at every show I've ever been to, which makes me, okay, wait, I will say um, there was one time uh, I was really into Modesky, Martin Wood, uh, and I still think they're awesome. And, and, uh, and I was going to see them a lot uh, in their early, earlier shows. Like I remember hearing them at a party in like the early nineties and, and going down to LA to see them from Santa Barbara. And you know, it's a small place, but you could tell that like, like Beck was in the audience. I just remember like, and it was small. It was like 200 people. Beck was there. It was like 94, you know, I think 93 even. I, no, 94, probably it was 94. So we were really excited. Maybe it was even later than that, I don't know. But they were, everything about that night, I remember being like, holy crap. Like everything just seemed so awesome. And then I saw him like maybe three other times and every time I just was like, oh my God. And I felt aligned with them and they would do things. And I just was so with it. And then I remember seeing them at the Warfield. Uh, it was maybe the last time, like and they were playing with Carl Denson. And I remember I just kept trying to get into the show. And I was there, I was so excited. And maybe they were like kind of pushing it a little further than I wanted to go. And maybe, and I can't remember exactly, but I remember just the whole time kind of like waiting for the, the feeling to come. And then finally, in the encore, it came. But I waited like through the whole show for it to happen. And I thought it would just happen. And it wasn't, I was, whether it was me or them or whatever it was, but then finally, I felt the connection. I think, you know what, it might be connection. That might be another aspect of what it is. It's just like, I think it's like when we're talking about the music feeling inspired, it's like you feel connected with it right there and then you know, and not like, it's not, um, and you're not, you know, because there, there is the element where you're like, oh, it's, it's a recital. So, you, you know, you could be playing it with your eyes closed and thinking about something else. But then when you're like actually really feeling it, that's, and then the audience is really feeling it. Like that's an intense thing to all be feeling it, you know, at the same time. Yeah, you ever like nothing exists at all, but everything exists like all at the same time. Yeah. There's a lot of things like it, it, where it's a, as society, 
fragments into so many small groups. It's, it's like things that used to connect everybody that you just kind of take for granted, you know, like a sitcom or like the 10 o'clock news or, or, you know, a newspaper that like everybody in town saw or like flyers or, but now it seems like there's a lot, there's so much connection that it's almost like you can end up in your, you know, you can end up disconnected to a lot of aspects of other things. You know. Yeah. Speaking of that connection, uh, you've spoken a few times about love in the middle of an inspired live music show and specifically on Tour de Amour, which I know is a lot about love, but I'm curious if you could speak to that or if that has anything to do with it. Yeah, well, I mean, what is love? You know, is love connection? Is love attention? Is it, uh, I mean, it's wrapped up with a lot, of, a lot of things, you know. I don't know if it's true, but I've always liked, you know, like the universe is love. You know? <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I, I can't, you know, there's, there's a lot. It seems like it's, it's all pretty complicated, but sometimes it does feel to me like it comes down to that. Um, but that it's, that doesn't mean, and I'm not even really talking about like romance, but just this sort of, but then I, I you know, then it, I get, it's hard to uh, rectify, you know, all the terrible things that happen in the world. You know, when you're like, wait, it's all love. I don't know. You know, there's like, you know, but then maybe I'm like, well, it's just not for me to judge. But yet, as humans, we're all required to make judgment at different times. And that's part of like the human dance is to be decisive sometimes, you know, like the other day, I killed a squirrel accidentally. And I felt bad about it. And I didn't tell my daughter she was in the back car and I saw the squirrel coming. And I was like, I tried to slow down, but I felt bad. And then I could see it like sort of dying in the rearview mirror and I just felt like you know and then I just and then I felt like ah you know what some I'm just gonna be crushed like that you know what I mean like not in a bad way but that like we all you know it's like that's just life and there's this thing and I I felt bad about it thought well you know try to be aware like I you know make it an act of love somehow even though it's like we're, we're such bumbling creatures in the world you know <laughs> going around trying to solve problems make problems and it's you know it's nice at least if you're in you, know, you try to operate from the to the best of your ability but yeah so i like love the more of it the better i think i think there's it's a limitless <laughs> the more we the more we can get the better you know yeah and i mean we're on a ball of dirt hurling through space yeah. So, like it's a real, and if that, I mean, that makes us insignificant and, but then we're also really significant at the same time. So I yeah. think it's like, it seems what you're saying, the universe is love because we are love. And so we need to love each other. And sometimes you need to get angry and fight for that if it's not happening. And that could be the most loving thing as well. Yeah. And that, and that makes it confusing because you can have two people acting out of love but like tearing each other apart you know and and but maybe that is the circle of life i mean that is, you know it's like wolves eating lambs or something you know and it's like not it's not like really a, a story of good and evil it's just a story of life eating life making more life and it just goes around and around infinitely hopefully you know yeah, it makes me think of wholeness, too, because there's that polarity, you know, like, yes, there's love. And I absolutely believe that, like, we are love, the universe is love, that is the highest emotion and vibration. But then we wouldn't know it if there wasn't the opposite, you know, so there's like, well, that's true, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. We just watched um, Avatar, The Last Airbender, the, the series. Have you ever checked this out? My husband is obsessed with that show. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Uh, my whole family, we all watched it. We all loved it. It's a cartoon, but it's, uh, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but, th but there was a character who's like, uh, he, had to open, he had to open all his chakras, you know, and so he could become the, the, the avatar that would finally bring balance to these four elemental tribes and fires, fire for a hundred years, fire's been destroying the whole planet because out of control, you know, but it's so, but then there's an interesting thing where this guru's like, okay, you've, he's opening up all the chakras so he can control this avatar state. And then when he gets to the last one, which is in his mind, he's kind of in love with this girl and then he has to let go of attachment so he can let pure cosmic love come in right in the moment he 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 just can't let go 
you know, because he because he has a vision of this girl in trouble, and he's like, I gotta bail. But the the guru's like, if you bail now, like you're not necessarily gonna get that chakra open, and then like the world is maybe not gonna have the avatar that needs to bring balance, you know. And so, anyway, I thought that was an interesting telling of the story. Well, so we've been talking about how performing, and you have that switch, and and love and the world. And so rock and roll is a big part of my world and seems like it's a really big part of your world. So how has it had, like what's its biggest impact that it's had on your life? Rock and roll? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I feel like I'm like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, my psyche is definitely born out of it. You know, my dad told me uh, he was in a band in the early days of rock and roll, and he told me lots of stories, and they definitely filled my head with visions <laughs> when I was really young. And it's funny, too. You're like, I'm not even sure how real the stories were, or like, you know, sometimes in, I'm like, I don't even really know. But but anyway, I got the seed passed to me, and then it definitely took hold. And, I, you know, I, it's a, yeah, it's almost, at this point, it's almost religious in nature for me. You ever, there's like a Wilco album, I think it's called Being There. And there's, he, Jeff Tweedy sings about like selling his soul to rock and roll, but it's like really in this kind of beautiful Jeff Tweedy way. And, uh, but I, I related to that where it's like, it's not, and it, for me, it, well, you know, it's like I, even rock and roll as like a term, you know, I feel like maybe I'm just, it's definitely rock and roll, but, it, but it's like music in general. You know, because at some point I feel like it's just what, it's just, it's like the, it's the, it's what I am now. It's my philosophy. It's like, you know, it's how I, it's like the only thing that I've maybe gone deep enough with that I'm like, every, all roads kind of lead back to it, you know? And it's, it just seems to be like what I, what I do, what I am, what I think about. And I think about other things, I do other things, but they're all in response to the music, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do pottery, but I'm always like, oh, this is like a song, but, but, and then I apply the pottery to the songwriting. <laughs> all always goes back to that. And sometimes I trip out on it though, because sometimes I'm like, I know there's so many avenues to life and that's just the one that I ended up in. It's like a lane, you know, and, and um, sometimes when I hang out with friends who are, you know, maybe just like all about surfing or all about these other things. And I'm like, oh, wow, they like, they feel just as, you know, it's like for them, it's like, oh, the wave is everything. and It's all about, you know, and I'm like, oh, I totally, and I, it's just like, my waves are like sound and there's people and it's just a different experience, you know, but I think it probably all leads to similar places, you know. Yes. And I think of the live music rock and roll experience as a wave. Like I really see it as an experience where like when when you walk up on stage, when a band walks up on stage, it's like, we're all there. And, you know, I love to like promote, okay, how can we all be ready to catch that wave together? Yeah. 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 Totally. And so then we catch the wave and it's like, we're just all riding it together and we don't know where it's going to go. We don't know if it's going to be a smooth wave or a rocky wave or like a really, you know, exciting wave like we don't know but we i feel i always feel like we're just on this wave together we're riding it together it's totally a wave and it totally it, the timing of it's interesting how it's like it starts like if you're in the venue you even see like i mean if you were to watch it in like a you know a time lapse you know you'd see like gradually it starts to come in and then all of a sudden now it's like it's right up against the stage and then you know well I, you know what's weird is like the band itself is also a type of wave the audience is a wave and the band is a wave and even the venue itself is a wave and like there's their staff are kind of a wave you know and then sometimes there can be these weird clashes like crashing where it's like sometimes it's just kind of seamless like everybody just jumps in and does their part and you're like whoa that was amazing other times you're like whoa there's some like weird juju happening here or even within the audience there's like somebody who decides like oh yeah like i'm taking i'm taking over the wave right now and and sometimes it's awesome sometimes it's not you know yeah, yeah. sometimes there's sharks sometimes there's dolphins uh, yeah exactly <laughs> sometimes <laughs> so there's mermaids like, that was so that was beautiful other times you're like that was scary <laughs> you're like i got my legs eaten off in that yeah. last set <laughs> it was terrifying <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so now there's no big live music shows happening. And so you're unable to perform in front of a big crowd. Maybe like your crowd is your family now. Um, but what do you miss most about the live music experience? Hmm. If anything. Yeah, well, I haven't, you know, it's funny. Like I, I definitely miss it, but, I, but I've been okay. I've been like definitely feeling occupied and busy and creative and excited about playing shows in the future. Only when I get scared and I, and I feel like I'm just like going deeper and deeper and I like that feeling, you know, but every once in a while I get this feeling like a show will never happen again. And then that really freaks me out because then I feel like I have no purpose. But now I feel like I'm almost like, um, I feel a nice feeling of like finishing projects that like were half done. You know, there's like a lot of stuff where you're like, oh, this is, uh, this is a random idea, but I'd like to see, I'd like to follow it for a little bit. And so now I feel like, and then once I get into performing mode, it seems like it kind of shuts down some of the other creative modes. Because I mean, every, you know, yeah, it's like, I mean, I feel like I get into my little studio and I'm just performing for myself, but I definitely am like, you know, like within the studio, you know, you're like, oh, like I'm getting better at like the nuance of, of things that I'm, you know, so it's, it's a nice feeling to be working on it and like, uh, in a you know a safe space i feel like when the moment comes it's going to be really really exciting you know <laughs> like old friend you know just be like oh my god i had so much to tell you <laughs> you know but but there's never enough you know so i you know but yeah other than that i miss i you know i do miss like the hangs with the people but but there has been a lot of that through zoom and through phone calls which has been nice and I really actually have enjoyed, um, you know, like the ALO Sunday streams and just like seeing when people chime in, like, and I'm like, oh, that's, it's so cool. And then even like the, uh, how people have been sharing shows and talking about, and I suddenly was, I was talking with Steve the other day and with ALO and I just was like, God, it's so cool how this thing that was just like, it's grown into something that's like so much bigger than the band or the music. Because sometimes when you're in the band, you really think it's about the band. You, know, you think like, oh, it's about, you know, even like you're like, oh, it's about the piano tone or it's about this or that. And, and you realize like from reading people's things, like, oh man, like everybody, everybody's their own personal wave and they show up and like they meet people for the first time and like lifelong friendships are started. And I just think that's, that's the coolest part and that's what I'm most proud of maybe for our band that because we figured out a way to stay together for so long, we end up being like a uh, meeting point for people in their lives, you know, that they can keep coming back to mm -hmm. like fish and like the grateful dead and like bands that have had like a long uh, community trajectory. And so I think that's really cool. And that would be the thing I would miss most if I thought that was never going to happen again, that would feel like an incredible loss, but I feel like it's actually, gonna happen way better when the time comes but I'm not sure when I think it'll be more meaningful because sometimes there can you know because it's like you can take it all for granted too I don't think people will take it for granted when it when it comes back around yeah Tara Lee and I have been talking about that too about um how there will likely be more meaning placed on live music and we're both really passionate about that so we're excited and yeah that's one of the reasons, you know, we really are starting this now. It's like the perfect time to talk about mm. what is the meaning of live music? How does it have meaning in people's lives? And um, how have people been saved by rock and roll? Or, you yeah. know. It can, for those who've been touched by it, and it, it can go so deep. You know, sometimes I wish, like, I mean, you know, it's whatever for, but I just wish anybody who needs it can get it, you know, and feel the, feel how like powerful it can feel. You know, because sometimes I'm like, I'm not sure that everybody's getting, like, I didn't experience it. It took a couple layers and some different experiences before, like, I was getting as deep with it. It's like people, like, in the high Sierra, we go. You know, I think a lot of people, like, I remember my friend, uh, my sister-in-law telling me about, you know, she loved Wham! And finally going to see, and she had, she kind of felt like she was so connected to their music, she kind of felt like, like it was all for her you know like the, the, like it was speaking to her because it was you know and so then she went to see them play and then you know and she was like a teenager and then she realized like oh everybody else just felt the same way and then like she kind of felt like the 
connection was cheapened or something, you know, and then she's like, I'm not going to be into music, you know, but I, but I feel like there's a lot of people that are like operating at that level, but there's a lot of depth that can happen with music and participation and dance that a lot of people aren't experiencing, you know, yeah. it's crazy to, play, to see like something like, uh, like Horning's hideout. I don't even know if you've ever been there, like, but like looking out on like a sea of people at that show dancing, where you're like, wow, there's like 3,000 people like really dancing hard or like at a fish show or even at the Grateful Dead where it's like people are really into this and there's a lot of them. Whereas like so many shows you go to, it's just people staring, mm -hmm. not really participating on, you know, they'll be like, if you, if, you know, if the performer's like, put your hands in there, they'll do it, you know, but they're, there's not, it's like a way more passive. It's more like watching a movie or something. And they're definitely getting moved by it. And maybe they, that's okay. But I, I think there are other layers that like the general population could get into. Um, I would think, and I think it would be good for them, but I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> well, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's the yeah. premise behind Embodied Groove too. How can we get everybody moving and grooving and experiencing that? I mean, I had never, you know, like I, uh, doing the embodied group, but that time I went to Esalen and took a five rhythms dance class, like I had never danced before. Like I suddenly realized like I've never danced. Like to where you like, I'm always thinking about music and I'm always sort of like almost, you know, like sort of either like entertaining. Like sometimes when I dance, I'm like, oh, I'm here to entertain a little bit. So it's gonna be like a funny dance or something with like a crowd of people at a wedding. But to like, that was the first time in my life where I was like, oh my God, I'm just dancing and it feels so good. And I just want to keep dancing because my body, it's like, loves it. It's like so much more fun than jogging or going to the gym, you know? And it's like, and like, why would I never, why would I fight dancing? You know, and, you know, you're just like, ah, I wish my dad could dance, you know? Cause I don't think he's ever danced, you know, or my mom, I don't think they've, they've kind of get, get in there for a second, but I don't think they've ever really like let their body go for an hour and just like, let it, meander in the ways that it could you know and and I, yeah and I think it would be healthy it's such important medicine and soul nourishment yeah. and I don't know like whenever I see kids around and music is playing they're getting down like you can't uh, they can't be still and that so that's in us and we're not different so natural, we're different yeah. people but we're still the same people but there's something that when we turn into adults it's like don't let loose I know it really is totally, it's, it's weird. It's wrapped up in puberty, which is weird. It's weird though. You know, it's like, or some, or a maturity, you know, it's like at some point there's some version of it where you're like, oh, well now I'm not free. Gotta, <laughs> gotta, gotta stick to the, stick to the program. Don't stray off, you know? And I, I think we all feel it, you know, it's like, you're trying to, you're trying to get back to it. And I, I think that's why, you know, I like to drink. And that's all, but then you're also like, it's so much better if I'm dancing. You know what I mean? Like you try, there's, there's quick fixes to sort of like, how do you unwind this thing? You know, but um, like yoga is great. Music's great. There's, it's nice to find things that, that, you, that really help your body unwind. You know? Yeah. Leah, yeah. what's the reasoning behind that? That like, I mean, you could have a drink and feel good for a little bit, but if you're dancing and doing yoga and all the things that it has a lasting impact. Well, so what's the reason behind that? I know, you know, <laughs> it actually, you, you actually have to keep doing it. Um, even with yoga and even with dancing, because it will, it won't have a lasting impact unless you keep doing it. I mean, you can certainly change your brain, um, by repeated use mm. of something, um, yoga, meditation, but medication and drugs like alcohol, they're just quicker. You know, our brains react to that, respond to that a lot quicker. And so that's usually the go-to, whether it's medication or the use of drugs. And Tara Lee and I actually talked about this in our first episode about our experiences with live music. And for me, I was talking about how in the beginning, when I first started seeing it, I always had to be I had to have something to drink. I, I'm, and usually it was a lot to drink because I was younger and that was, yeah, you know, that was part of with it. your friends. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And then, but then it kind of changed as I went on. And now I, I mean, I'll still have a drink before a show sometimes, but not all the time. And I love being able 
to choose, but I could not dance. That would be like torture for me. And I have just been able to eventually allow myself to let myself go and be free and not worry about what other people thought around me. Um, but it took a really long time and, but it feels so good to be able to remind ourselves of that freedom that we feel as kids and as our authentic selves of just like freedom of expression. Yeah. yeah. To feel like you're in a group of people and going to be judged harshly. And there's like a biological, you know, you're just like, oh, you know, get kicked out of the herd or whatever, you know, yes. the tribe. It's a, it's a deep-seated fear, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, definitely. That runs deep in our yeah. head. Like a survival mechanism that we have. Yeah. But it's interesting because once you do it and you start dancing like wild and let it go, you're just like, why wasn't I doing this before? I know, I know. Why don't I do this every day? <laughs> I know. I feel that way. <laughs> but I don't do it every day, which is weird to me, too. <laughs> I think because it is kind of hard. You know, um, it, it does take a little like, oh, got to do it, you know. Yeah. I was almost going to. Have you done Ryan Heffington's dance classes? I have not. I don't know. who. It, tell us more. Sometimes they're fun. They're really fun. He's like, he's got a dance studio. He's just, um, he's a little silly. Um, but he kind of teaches you some moves, like really simple ones, like the cha-cha and like, um, but it's more like, it's a little bit of a stretch and it's like a little bit of a, you know, there's like a little bit of yoga, you know, but nothing too complicated. It's almost like, it's a little I bit like Richard. Love him. <laughs> and he's really sweet. And then he seems to have gotten really popular. Uh, my wife started doing it and I've done a few with her and they're pretty, they're pretty sweet, but it's the same thing where I'm like, oh my God, I didn't want to do this. I thought it was, you know, and now that I did it, I'm like, why, why would I ever fight this? You know, but I didn't do it this morning and I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to um, do it tomorrow? We'll hold you accountable. Tomorrow. Maybe I will. I mean, I went for a jog, so that's okay. But that's my, I, it wasn't the same thing. You know. That kind of leads to the last uh, thing that I wanted to ask, which is what are you doing to keep yourself sane and healthy throughout this time where um, your regular schedule has kind of been off? Um, well, the first thing I did was I built a, a, a put together a pergola. <laughs> it's like a weird, another side effect of this whole thing is I've been home a lot. And uh, so, you know, there's been a lot of like working in the backyard. We have a nice backyard, but it, because I'm always gone and it's always falling to ruin, you know, it's just like the garden dies or like the fruit trees die and things just weeds take over and then so anyway spent a lot of time in the backyard and then built this awesome like kind of patio pergola um, that was much harder to build than I thought it was even though it was a kit from Costco um, but it took a lot and it was right when the right when everything shut down and it was so heavy just to get it out of the car it took me days <laughs> like moving all the wood parts and I and like and and but that was really good it was like I worked with my hands every day for a while and I just kind of like shut down everything was like and that was really good and then i've had a lot of musical projects i finished a cocktail yoga album um that i'd kind of started and never finished years ago so i finished that and then i've uh got this really long piece of music called i call it uh either jam band the musical the song or wookies in the basement of my psyche is another but it's long it's like 20 minutes long <laughs> it's so long and there's a lot in it and I wrote it a long time ago, but I never really put it all, put all the pieces together because it's time consuming and it's goofy, but it sounds cool and I'm excited about it. But it's amazing, like if you work on one piece of music that's like three minutes, but it's like if the piece of music's like 20 minutes long, it's like to listen to the whole thing takes 20 minutes. <laughs> to listen to it twice, to go through it twice, like takes 40 minutes, it's like time taking forever. So. Mm. That's been a good thing, and I, I've been thankful for the time. Yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing both of those. That sounds yeah. Cool. Yeah, soon. Me I hope too. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. They still got some. Yeah, we'll see. The cocktail <laughs> yoga is done, but the other thing. But lots of writing. I've been writing a lot too. Awesome. Yeah. What about you guys? 
Um, I've definitely been doing a lot of yoga. My yoga studio went completely online and I've actually been doing more yoga now because I can just go right like from one room to the other to do it. Um, so I've been doing a lot of yoga and I've been dancing a lot. And I actually um, was saying my husband and I are in um, a rap duo together. So we've been practicing a lot and my roommate is also a musician and now we're um, renting our upstairs apartment to other musicians so there's constantly like music happening all over the place and so I miss the big live music experience but I've been getting a lot of it and it's been amazing and I actually am kind of like thriving and feel stronger and better than I have in a really long time. Nice, nice. I love that. What about you Leah? I've been taking a lot of walks and we got a new dog which has mm. been really lovely uh, he yeah. brings a lot of love to our house, mm. and uh, I've been doing Embodied Groove online, which okay. has been really the, cool. Do you have a schedule you do it? Well, I did. I'm taking a little break right now, though, but mm. I was doing it um, every Sunday at 1230 and every other Thursday on Deadheadland. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it was... Cool. It was really great and I was doing a theme every time and pulling music off of the YouTube free use library and so it's uh that was a lot of fun just like really dancing and connecting with people in that way. You think you'll start it up again? I do. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. take a few weeks off and do a little traveling into nature mm -hmm. recharge in that way and then I'll be back. So I'll let you know. Yeah, Join. I'm do it. Well, Zach, thank you so much. This has been really awesome getting to talk to you and uh, yeah, just sharing your experiences. I look forward to when I get to see you again in the flesh, but I'm glad that you could join us here now. Yeah, to the flesh. It was wonderful <laughs> to, um, to get to know you a little better. Yeah. Um, so I knew your music and now I know you. And when we meet, we can awkwardly hug for a long time because we'll be allowed to do that one day. Person to person. Yeah. I yeah. Know. In the flesh. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here and talking. Yeah. About All right. Bye. 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 So clearly we still need to work on our ending. <laughs> now, not to make we, the... Yeah, we just don't like saying goodbye. That's true. But that was so fun getting to talk to Zach and just hearing a little bit more about his experience. And I love when he said that his psyche was born out of rock and roll because I can totally relate to that too. That really oh, stuck yeah. with me. And I was like, my psyche was born out of rock and roll too. I so. know, me too. <laughs> right? And I would bet that your psyche was born out of rock and roll too. And that's why you're listening to us right now. So please let us know if you feel that to be the case as well. And uh, I just wanted to kind of follow back up a little bit on the question, Tara Lee, that you posed to me about, you know, the lasting impact of certain practices such as yoga and dancing and really talk about why that is true because this is something that I love to talk about and I teach the people that I work with um, on a regular basis. Did you know it really comes down to neuroplasticity. So as I mentioned uh, in our interview that, you know, drugs, medication, alcohol, other drugs, they can have a really powerful effect that hit us really quickly, you know, say within 20 to 30 minutes or however it takes to get up to the therapeutic dose. And they last for, you know, however long they last. They certainly don't have a lasting impact, but they feel like they're working a lot better than other things because the things that actually will change our brain and modify our bodies are the things that take longer. So like the meditation and the yoga and the dancing. And I would certainly say the experience of live music, especially if a person is really participating in the experience and not just using it as a passive means, kind of like what Zach was talking about, how, you know, the drinking of the alcohol, it's really a passive way to make change in the body. 
Whereas, yes, getting yourself to a show takes effort, certainly, but then also remembering that once we get to the show, we play a part in that. You know, whether it's setting an intention beforehand about what we want to experience or moving our bodies or singing or clapping or dancing, like we help to create that experience. And the more that we can be a participant in that, I feel, and research has certainly shown in other areas such as meditation and yoga and other forms of dance, that that's when the positive change takes place. And I love to illustrate the process of neuroplasticity kind of like a field. So if you can imagine a grassy field with like really tall grass and in the middle, there is one really well-worn path. So you show up to this field and you see this well-worn path in the middle. And of course you're gonna take that route. Well, most people will. <laughs> I'm sure we have some listeners that will take the the off-beaten track, but you know, typically you're gonna go down the middle because that's the well-worn path, right? But at some point you might decide that you wanna take a different route. Like maybe that middle path isn't working for you so well. And so you decide that you wanna change things up and you wanna take a different path. And this is what happens when we try to create change, you know, whether that's change in our behavior, starting a meditation practice, dancing every day, whatever it might be, it takes effort. And it's really tough at the beginning to stick with it and to remember to take that new path. And so I like to tell my patients that I work with, you like get out your machetes and all your tools and you're like chopping down the weeds and you're really putting in the work. And so you're creating this new alternate path. And every day you show up and you see that well-worn path down the middle in the beginning and it looks really nice and it looks really inviting because it's easy, but you've decided to go a different route. And so you put forth the effort and sometimes you might show up and you totally forget that you're creating a new path and you just walk down the middle and that's totally fine. And that's what happens when we're trying to change our behaviors. Like those behaviors that are so well-worn and so ingrained into our brain, they happen naturally. And sometimes we even forget yeah. that we're trying to do things a new way. But after a while of putting forth all of the effort to chop down that new path and traveling it over and over and over again, there will be a new well-worn path. And that one in the middle, if we stop taking it, the grass is gonna grow up and eventually we won't even be able to tell that it was there anymore. And that's actually how our brains work too. And that's a process of neuroplasticity, which means that we can actually change our brains and we're creating new synapses and new pathways when we establish a new behavior. And so that is how, you know, the yoga, the meditation, the going to concerts and dancing and, you know, singing and having that positive experience, especially when we're present for it, uh, can make a positive impact in our life. But we have to keep at it, right? We have to choose every day to continue doing something along those lines because we can't just do it once and have it make an impact and it's not going to be as strong as taking a drink or taking a pill uh, would be but it will make the lasting positive changes that makes so much sense for when i've tried to change habits and how it feels really hard but eventually those habits after i practice them over time become my normal yeah and so again i'm I love just talking with you because you share the research behind things. So it, it all makes sense of, oh, that is true. And again, that's like not something that I just made up in my head. Yeah. And it's important to know the why behind things because it helps us to know, you know, why we're doing it, why it's worth it. Absolutely. And so. Daily Jam. I have some homework for you, a little tip for all the listeners to be able to neuro, it's neuro, I like the word neuroplasticity Yes. to increase that in your brain. Is that what you would do? You'd be increasing it or yeah. you'd be changing it? Yeah. Um, so here's your challenge. You can pick one of these things or you can do both of these things, but I want you to do it every day for at least one week, ideally one month. 
And the first one is to meditate for one minute. And so most of us have one minute in the day to be able to dedicate to creating a new habit. And so all I want you to do is focus on your breath, meditate in silence, set an alarm for one minute. And you know what that means, that if you do it every day for a year, that's 365 minutes of meditation that you wouldn't have normally done. And that's way better than meditating for an hour once and never meditating again. Absolutely. So that is the one challenge and the other one that you can pick. So you can either meditate or pick a song that you love, that you've had an experience hearing it live and then dance in your home to the song. Or you can even listen to it while you're walking down the street and dance wherever you want to, it could be out in your yard, whatever you want to do and dance to the song and really, really feel it and do that every day. So you're either going to meditate every day or dance to a song every day for at least a week. Bonus if you do it every day for a month and then bonus if you do it every day for a year. Because if you keep on doing this, it'll become a habit and it'll be normal that every day you meditate for a minute or every day you dance every day. Yes, and the uh, effect of that is gonna be that you will begin to feel more often how you feel when you meditate for a minute. So maybe peaceful, relaxed, grounded, or how you feel when you dance to your favorite song. So joyful, free, happy, inspired, whatever those feelings are. Because when you are creating positive change in your brain, and of course in your body too, it's all about feeling it. You can't think your way into a new way of being, you actually have to experience it. So by doing the homework that Tara Lee has presented, then you will begin to change your, your natural feeling state too. Yeah, and it's only a minute a day. So you can listen to the whole song, but if you pick a 20 minute tweezer, that's a lot of time, but you can dance to just one minute of it. And that totally, that counts. Cause that's after a year, 365 more minutes of feeling the way that you want to feel. And that can't hurt, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Not there's no all. bad side effects. Yep. Only positive. And then let Only us know positive. what you notice after the week or the month or even the year. Your day is longer than your year. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for listening to Health Hugs and Rock and Roll. We love you so much and we look forward to talking to you again and having another guest on here. We're part of the Osiris Podcast Network and we love you all so much. Yes. And a big shout out again to Zach Gill for coming on and sharing his knowledge and experience and expertise and thank you thank you zach Woo. yeah